1: I'm excited this morning to have the opportunity to share with you as we continue in our Holy Spirit series. Okay, now it's been epic already, but as we kind of continue down that path, I want to talk this morning about purpose. I want to talk about the invitation for you and for me to live on purpose. The, the invitation to embrace the assignment that God has given us and step into everything that he has called us to. You see, you and I, we have a, we have a calling, we have a mandate, a role and a responsibility. You, you and I, we were created on purpose for purpose, okay? And so if you have a pulse this morning, then you have a purpose. Somebody tap the person next to them and say, hey, you got a purpose. All right, so listen. We're gonna get into it here in a second. But before we do, I wanna talk about breaking off performance breaking off performance. Now, when I say performance this morning, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean doing a really good job. I don't mean operating at a really high level. I don't mean crushing it in the marketplace. I don't mean winning in the world or the arena that you're called to, because I actually believe we should be doing those things. We should, as the people of God, we should be crushing it. Here's why. We have an unfair competitive advantage. We have access to the heartbeat of heaven. What does that mean? It means that you and I have access to the answers, to the solutions, to the ideas of the problems. We have innovations on the inside of us that God has that other people don't have. Anyway, so, but when I'm talking about performance this morning, what I'm really talking about is living from a place of performance. And maybe moreover, doing it for the acceptance or the approval of people. Right? You see, you and I, we live in this kind of cultural context, right, Pastor Scott, where perception trumps reality. How, how it seems is more important than how it actually is, right? How a thing looks or appears is more important than the truth. Perception trumps reality. That's why, for example, you will see people obsess over their social media pages to make it look like this highlight reel of just epic living. Like, look at that person. Amazing! Look at my hair this morning. Right That's why, right? People will, will go into crazy debt just to have the best car, the biggest house, the fat, you know the designer clothes and the fancy watch. And don't get me wrong, those things are fine. I actually believe the people of God should be living blessed. That's not the problem. What I'm talking about is doing it for perception of other people, right? I don't know about you this morning, but I want to build my life on something timeless, not something that's trendy. Something timeless, not something trendy. But it's all performance, right? It's all, we're trying to create or cultivate this perception of ourselves in the eyes of other people, right? And, and, and there's no judgment, by the way. I get it, I've done it too, I'm there with you, I've seen it before, and even standing up here, I'm telling you, there could be a pressure to perform, but only if I choose to come under that pressure. You guys understand? Okay, And, and it starts early too. This is what blows my mind, it starts early. Can I let you guys in on a huge scandal? Everybody lean in, lean in. Okay, listen. There's a huge scandal going on up in kids' church as we speak, okay? Don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. But one of my daughters, for those of you that don't know, I've got two beautiful girls, four years old, six years old, beautiful. One of my daughters has a crush on Pastor Andy's son, Oliver. Shh, keep it. We had a. Okay? Last week, I'm not kidding, last week, we're leaving, we're pulling out of the parking lot after Wednesday service. And as we're pulling out of the parking lot, Pastor Andy, Pastor Amy, and their beautiful family start making their way out of the church building. And we see them, and so being the fun dad that I am, I put down all the windows so that we can, like, shout goodbye and weave out the window, okay? Not a big deal. I hadn't even reached the street when I got scolded. Dad! I didn't want you to put my window down. I don't want Oliver to know I still use the car seat for little kids. Are you kidding me? She's already worried about how Oliver sees her. Pray for me, people. Oh my God. Listen, listen, I'm not even, can I just be honest? Like, listen, I'm not even mad. That she likes Oliver. Oliver comes from good stock. That's not the listen. Although, although, in a moment of honesty, I did have to pull Pastor Andy aside and say, listen. Until he has a 401k, until he shows up at man's prayer, until he makes it through the rite of passage at a merge conference, young Oliver can just keep on walking. And listen, and listen, and listen. While it's, while it's in my head, I just want to go ahead and say, Pastor Matt and Lorraine, listen, if, if Levi and Asher are interested, they're going to have to step up their game. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, but you can see it, can't you? <laughs> but you can see it, can't you, right? How it looks is more important than how it actually is. I don't want Oliver to see that I still use the car seat for little kids, right? How it looks, how it appears is more important than how it actually is. And see, I know that it's a playful kind of illustration, I get that, but I think at the heart of it, there's actually a deeper truth, right? We're all trying to perform, we're all busy trying to create this perception, why? To be seen, to be known, to be loved, to be liked, to be valued, to be important. If you hear nothing else from me this morning, hear this, you already are. (laughs) You already are. That's the wild irony that should break off performance once and for all is that you're already seen. You're already known. You're already valued. You're already important. You're already loved. Listen, stop chasing the thing that you already have. You want to be, be valued? You want to be valued? I mentioned the, the, the expensive car. I love cars. That's great. But even in the natural, we understand that it's the value paid for a thing that determines its value. It's price paid that determines its value, right? Christ gave his very final breath precisely because of the value he sees and places on the inside of you and me. Stop chasing something you already have. It's going to be good, Pastor John. It's going to be good this morning. Y'all ready? All right, let's jump in. So the title of my message this morning is Unlocked and Unleashed. Unlocked and Unleashed. Why? Because this morning, I believe that God wants to unlock the potential that he put on the inside of you and unleash you into... The, the, the purposes and plans of God that he's written on your heart. You see, here at Awaken, we believe that you were made on purpose for purpose, okay? And just, side note, just so we're clear, it doesn't even matter how old you are. How many of you know that the purposes of God for your life did not come with a retirement plan? Okay, listen, we believe that God has put a purpose on the inside of you, a role to play and a responsibility for you to carry as we bring heaven down to the earth. This is why, for example, we place such a priority on our DNA course upstairs. Why? Because because we wanna help you uncover the purposes of God for your life. Now you might say to me this morning, well, Rich, um, why did you spend so long banging on about performance if your message is actually about purpose? And I'd say, that's a really good question. Here's the reason. We've got to understand that performance is in fact the enemy of purpose, right? Why? Because, listen, if we don't, if we don't break off performance, Right? If we don't break that off, we're going to be so busy trying to be what we think other people want us to be that we'll actually miss the assignment that God has written on our hearts for us to do. Right? We, need to, we need to see performance as a distraction from our God-given purpose. Pastor Vince talked about this earlier this week. He talked about how for every good thing that God gives, the enemy offers up a cheap counterfeit right? A cheap counterfeit. And I want to tell you today, the performance is exactly that. It's a cheap counterfeit. It's a counterfeit calling to to please people, to win popularity, to earn approval. I'm telling you right now, God has immeasurably more for your life and my life than we could ask or imagine. But it's unlocked when we step into purpose. And to do that, we have to choose not to reside under the pressures of performance. All right? So we're going to unpack this thing a little further. And for that, we're going to head to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and be killed and be raised on the third day. Now watch this. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Now, let's just agree. Let's just get out of the way. Peter didn't always think before he spoke. He did not filter, like he didn't. In fact, more often than not, his approach was ready, fire him. Maybe him. He didn't even always him. Like it was just, he didn't always think before he spoke, right? But that said, that said, get behind me, Satan. Ugh. ooh, feels, feels a little harsh, right? Not to mention awkward, right? Like you can imagine the disciples being like, do not make eye contact. <laughs> he just called him Satan. Like you can see that, right? But, but we've got to understand the context here. The context is really important. You see, Peter... Why did Peter say that? Peter wanted Jesus to march into Jerusalem, show everyone who he was, overthrow the government, and reign supreme, right? He wanted, Peter wanted Jesus to just go into town, kick butt, take names, and show them all who he was. For those of you taking notes this morning, that's from the Irish King James Version. Um, (laughs) Kick butt, take names. Anyway, but here's the thing. Peter wanted Jesus to perform. Peter wanted Jesus to perform. You see, Peter still had this performance mindset. He was fixed on the things of man. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be fixed. I don't want to be fixed on the things of man. But watch this. This is really cool. A couple verses just before that, in verse 18, just before that, Jesus says this. He says, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." So, how does, okay, how does Jesus flip from, you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Get behind me, Satan. Like in two verses, like did he just change his mind? Was he not sure, like did he just flip his mind? Like, no, it's because you see, Jesus understood that a performance mindset stands in the way of living on purpose. You see, Jesus understood the calling of God that rested on Peter's life. He understood the calling of God on Peter's life, but to unlock those purposes and unleash Peter into his assignment, he had to first help him break off the spirit of performance. It was for freedom that Christ came to set you and I free. And that includes freedom from the pressures of performance. Church, when we belong to God, when we're moving in our assignment, when we're operating in the gifts that we've been given and our focus is on kingdom, that's when we truly step into purpose. And it all starts when you and I simply make a choice. We say, hey, listen, I'm not living for for perception. I'm not living for performance. I'm not living for popularity. I am going to live on purpose. Does anyone in the house want to live on purpose this morning? I don't have a ton of time, but I want to, I want to touch on three different ways that I think heaven helps us unlock our purposes and unleash us into our assignment. You guys with me? Yeah. we still good? Yeah. All right. So the first point I want to share with you this morning is that we have to be authentically planted. Look at that authentically planted. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I do not have what anyone would call a green thumb when it comes to things like landscaping and gardening. I just, it's just not my jam, okay? I just, I'm not about it. In fact, that might be one of the reasons why I have literally never gone to a store and bought any type of tree, plant, flower, or shrub that didn't say one of two things on it. Evergreen, meaning it looks the same all year round and Rich doesn't have to do something. Or, this is important, perennial. Perennial means it grows every year, it comes back every year, and again, Rich doesn't have to do something for it. I know, it's, it's a brilliant strategy, Pastor Matt. Follow me on Instagram for more gardening tips. So, so, so I had this, this huge box of garden bulbs laying in our garage for several years that honestly, I just didn't get around to planting, wasn't really into it. And so they just laid there. And then last fall, Ruth and I, would get home from the store And so I kind of get the kids, the girls out of the car and I get them into the house and I get some lunch. And then I start to unpack all the groceries and whatever. And after about 45 minutes, I'm like, where'd Ruth go? I can feel the weight of judgment in the room. Why'd it take you 45 minutes? No, listen, (laughs) listen. So anyway, so after about 45 minutes, I'm like, where'd she go? So I go outside only to find that she'd randomly decided... Today was the day she was gonna plant those bulbs from the garage in the front yard. I mean, anything to dodge putting away the groceries, babe. But, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It's gonna be a frosty ride home for me in the car. So, but, but anyway, so I said to her, I said, babe, how many, of those, how many of those did you plant? She's like, oh, I just went ahead and planted the whole box. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that seems like a lot, but that's fine. And it was fine, it was fine. John, it was fine until the spring. When my front yard exploded, okay? I had flowers everywhere. I had flowers in places I didn't know I had places. Oh my gosh, they were, it was a whole thing. You see, those old bulbs in my garage, right? They had all the potential in the world, but it wasn't until they were planted that their purposes could be unlocked. And it's much the same with you and with me this morning, church. You see... For our purpose to be unlocked, we have to be authentically planted. Now, there's a number of different areas that we need to be planted, but for the sake of time, we're gonna touch on four of those. Maybe five. We'll We'll do four. Number one, if you're taking notes, is to be planted in our identity. So you've heard me say this before, but for you and I to step into our purpose, we have to be so firmly rooted in our kingdom identity and who he says we are that we can resist the urge to live for the approval and acceptance of other people. You see, if we're not rooted in our kingdom identity, then we'll just be blown around by this kind of shifting sands of society. Do this, do this, don't do this. You know, and here's the thing. The enemy, he wants you and I to believe lies today so that he can rob us of the tomorrow that God has for us, right? So what does he do? What he does is he tries to convince you and I that we have to earn it, that we have to perform, that we have to measure up. For example, he'll tell you that you've got to do this, do this, and don't do that, or don't do that. Like, he wants you to perform, and instead, I want to encourage us this morning to begin living from identity and not for our identity. You see? You see, it's important that we understand deep down where we really live, who we are, as sons and daughters of God, right? Purchased from rags to royal robes, heirs to the kingdom of heaven. We gotta be planted in our identity. Number two is to be planted in the church. The good news is you're already here. You're winning. And I can you can bet your bottom dollar the devil is not happy that you're here. But I wanna challenge us a little bit this morning. Are we simply attending church? Or are we planted in the church. Are we, are we all in or are we just kind of hanging out on the sidelines, right? You see, the bulbs in my garage, they were spectators. They were spectating, right? The garage door would open. They'd peek out and go, there's the front yard over there. (laughs) And then the garage door would close. But it wasn't until they were planted in the front yard that something actually shifted. And I can tell you, I can tell you from personal experience, my personal experience, serving in the house will unlock your assignment in a whole other way. If If there is a risk, if there's a risk with the assignment of God in your life, it's us believing that we don't have to co-labor to make it come to pass. That's a whole, we'll get to that some other time. Number three, so we gotta be planted in the house of God. Number three is to be planted in the word. Planted in the word, planted in the word. There are a lot of books and a lot of resources that can inform you, but how many of you know that only the word of God has the power to transform you? Why? Because the, the listen, I'm telling you, Reading and applying the word of God will change your world. It carries hope and healing and truth and life. Listen, Hebrews 4 puts it like this. For the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirits and joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. Being planted in the word of God allows you and I to establish what he says at a higher place in our hearts than what the world says, than what our feelings say, than what our insecurity says, what cancel culture says, what the enemy whispers. We've got to be planted in the word of God. Number four, finally number four. We gotta be planted in obedience. Obedience, I know that may not sound sexy. I get it, I get it, but I'm telling you, being rooted in obedience will unlock purpose like you would not believe. Listen, everything that we're seeing and enjoying here was built on the shoulders of giants. Everything here at Awaken was built on the shoulders of Pastor Jürgen and Leanne when they stepped out in obedience, right? You see, when God asked them to move their family to San Diego, they were able to step into the purposes of God, why? Because they were already planted in obedience to the heartbeat of heaven. Even in the word of God, listen, Moses, Moses was able to embrace his assignment, why? Because he was planted in obedience Right, Paul was able to unlock his destiny, why? Because he was planted in obedience. David was able to uncover his calling, why? Because he was planted in obedience. It is the same, it is the same for you and me. When you and I make the decision, listen, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, no matter the cost, no matter the odds, no matter how tall the task or big the ask, I am gonna be planted in obedience knowing Knowing no matter how big the ask, the full weight of heaven is behind me. We've got to be authentically planted. All right, I need to move on. So the second point I want to share with you this morning is that we've got to be authentically equipped. Authentically equipped. If you and I are going to step into our kingdom assignment, we've got to be equipped for the job, right? Otherwise, you're like a mechanic that has no tools. Some of you might know that that's gonna be a problem, right? That's just not gonna work. So let's take a look at how this equipping plays out for the disciples in the book of Acts. We'll jump in at chapter one, verse four. And being gathered together, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me that John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If we skip down to verse eight, for you shall receive Power, somebody say power. Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you should be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. Okay, quick show of hands. How many of you, we're gonna make it interactive. Is that okay? How many of you here love vacuuming? More than I expected. I don't like vacuuming. I don't like it. I don't like it. In fact, it may not be a stretch to say that Rich hates vacuuming. And in our house, it's endless. It is endless. And don't even get me started, I could talk about the blonde hairs, but listen, don't even get me, even get me started on having young kids in the house, right? Like, I, I could give my kids an apple. An apple. And they'd still make crumbs. How did you even, what kind of, I don't even know how you, but seriously. So a couple years ago, I went out and I bought us a robotic vacuum, and we called it Roberta, and Roberta is awesome. We love Roberta, we tell, it's really simple, we simply tell Alexa to start Roberta. Roberta cleans the mess, she goes back to the dock, she recharges. We love Roberta, Roberta's good. But listen, we love Roberta, except when she hasn't docked properly. And then, she doesn't charge properly, and then, The worst part, she won't clean. Okay? You see, without power, Roberta remains nothing more than untapped potential. You see, without power, she won't accomplish the very thing that she was made for. And church is precisely the same with you and with me. You and I were never, ever, ever intended to operate without power. That's why Jesus tells the disciples, wait in Jerusalem. It's because he knew they needed power for purpose. He needed, they needed power before they could be unleashed into the assignment. So what about Peter? What happens to him when he receives power? Acts chapter two, we see that the same disciple, the same guy, right? The performance guy. The same disciple that cowered to cancel culture, denied Christ three times. That same guy, when power arrives, when power shows up, that same guy stands in front of multitudes and boldly preaches the word of God, leading 3,000 people to faith. You see, We understand that our role is to pull heaven down to the earth. But how many of you know that at no time, at no time, at no time, did God say, do that on your own? Do that on your own. Do it without power. Figure it out. At no time. Many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How are we going to do that if we're not authentically equipped? Right? So you and I, we've got to understand that the deposit of the Holy Spirit is the equipping that we need to live boldly, to live empowered, to to step into authority, to absolutely dominate in the purposes of heaven for our lives. Because listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you speak, the circumstances change. You enter a room, the atmosphere shifts. You step out in faith. The impossible becomes possible and probable. You declare breakthrough. The diagnosis becomes void. It's canceled. You walk in, you walk in, Pastor Becca, and the enemy freaks out. Why? Because he knows he's already under your feet. You are the head, not the tail. You're above, not beneath, and you're walking in the power and the authority of the most high living God. That is what happens when we put power behind purpose. Oh, I'm fired up. Alright, so the final point I want to share with you this morning, we've got to be authentically equipped. Final point I want to share with you this morning is we've got to be authentically connected. Authentically connected. We talked a lot about purpose this morning. But I'm telling you that there are parts of your purpose that can only be unlocked in community. There are parts of your purpose and my purpose that can only be unlocked through authentic connection. So you see, kingdom community enriches your life, right? It enhances your faith, but it also brings focus to your purpose. Many of you have heard me say it before, but we do life better. We do life better when we do life together. Let me ask you this. Do any of you remember the show, The Lone Ranger on TV? Okay, me and three people. This is awkward. Okay, maybe four. (laughs) This just got real awkward. So listen, when I was young, I used to love watching this show called The Lone Ranger. Okay. And it was he was like a former Texas Ranger-type deal, and he used to beat up outlaws in the American West. It was awesome, it was awesome. That's your homework, go watch it. But do you have any idea how many episodes of The Lone Ranger I watched before it ever occurred to me that he wasn't actually alone? No, he was putting the hurt on the bad guys with the help of his good friend Tonto. I was lied to. I was deceived. He wasn't even alone. Like you can't call yourself the Lone Ranger if you're not the Lone to Anything. He wasn't alone. Listen, it's the same in the kingdom. There is no such thing as the Lone Ranger in the house of God. Going back to Peter, in the book of Acts chapter 2, we, we read that the, the believers, they continued dealing with one accord in the temple. breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness amen and simplicity of heart praising god and having favor with all people honestly church i can't encourage you enough there's something powerful in doing life together with people of faith if you and i are going to step into our assignment it's imperative that we do life with the right people right we've got to do like. Pastor Matt, you mentioned this earlier about finding your tribe. How many of you know that it's not until you find your tribe that you can even begin to thrive, right? I'm telling you, Pastor Matt has this expression. He says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think he's right. I can tell you, I did not become the man I am today. And I certainly didn't get to where I am today by myself. You know how I know this? Because I know me. I'm just not that epic. I'm just not. I operate at a different frequency precisely because of the people that I've chosen to do life with. I am who I am because of people of faith that have helped me and challenged me and supported me and sharpened me. And hey, they pointed out my blind spots even on the days I didn't wanna hear it. Many of you are here in this room, you know who you are. And I'm not, just so we're clear, I'm not talking about artificial, superficial, Relationships. Hey, man, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored, brother. No, what? What is that? No, I'm talking about the real, the honest, the fun, the funny, the genuine, the messy, the gritty, do-life-together kind of connections. You see, it may be a little uncomfortable, but for you and I to have real connections, then we have to allow ourselves to be really seen, truly known, not on a superficial level, but deep down, where we really live. You see, the purposes of God, here's the thing, the purposes of God for your life and my life are gonna require us to continue leveling up. H-N-L, whole nother level, Pastor Loren. I love that this morning. So if the purposes of God are gonna require us to keep leveling up, then it's imperative that we surround ourselves with the people that actually help us to do that, right? That's why, that's why, that's why we make such a big deal about connect groups. That's why we make such a big deal about doing life together. That's why it's because we understand that community and connection are kingdom principles. You see, we need to live authentically connected. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're gonna bring this thing into land. I want to speak this morning to specifically two groups of people i want to speak to two groups of people the first group if if you and i want to live fully alive fully free step into our kingdom purpose then it all starts with getting our hearts right with jesus every single time that's always the starting point point. and so if you're here this morning and you don't yet know what it is to walk out this life with jesus or perhaps Perhaps he wants to commit, a commitment, but if we're honest, maybe you've strayed from that that relationship. If that's you this morning, if perhaps today you're realizing that it's the price paid for a thing that determines its value. If that's you this morning and you want to commit your life to Jesus or perhaps recommit your life afresh, jump all in. No no more of this sideline sitting, I want all in. If that's you this morning, then with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just gonna ask you in the count of three to raise up a hand so that I simply know who I'm praying with. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one, Frank, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Two, your life will never be the same. Three, all across this room, shoot up a quick hand. Beautiful. Thank you, God, thank you, God. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. We're just gonna linger here for a moment. Thank you, God, thank you, God. You're in the safest space possible. The people around you have all made this decision. Thank you, Jesus see your hand thank you God alright let's all pray this together all across this room Lord Jesus thank you for dying for my sins today I repent and I turn my life to you today I choose to follow you with all my heart to live for you all the days of my life I invite you into my heart, and I thank you for walking with me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full